0: If you're looking for premium quality vitamins and natural supplements, New Roots Herbal has you covered. Proudly Canadian and family-owned for over 30 years, their dedication to quality and testing truly sets them apart. Each ingredient is rigorously tested by their ISO-accredited lab from raw materials to final products. So you get exactly what is promised on the label. Effective, pure ingredients, safe from heavy metals, pesticides, and toxic chemical solvents, guaranteed. New Roots Herbal products are available exclusively at health food stores. To learn more or find a store near you, visit newrootsherbal.com. U.S. residents can now find New Roots Herbal products on amazon.com. Naturally Savvy Podcast is sponsored by Morpheus for Menopause. Today, I'm super excited because we're going to be talking with an incredible natural bodybuilding vegan named Danny Taylor. She's going to be talking about. How to reach your biggest goals. Let me tell you a bit about Danny. He is a natural bodybuilding figure champion, the co founder of veganproteins.com, co manager of the Vegan Strong Team, and also co founder of Team Plant Built, the largest team of vegan strength athletes in the world. That is so cool. She grew up in a very unhealthy household and reached 210 pounds by high school. After going vegan for ethical reasons, she began to lose weight and soon found a love of weightlifting. The combination of a plant-based diet and lifting caused her to lose 90 pounds and turn her health around, eventually going on to win multiple-figure competitions. Since then, she has become a certified strength and conditioning coach and has coached over a thousand other vegans on their own bodybuilding journeys. Okay, I've read a lot of bios in my time. This is incredible. Okay,
1: first <laughs> I of all... Didn't, I didn't write this. My husband must have written this because I'm like, oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> first of all, I'm looking at you and you're just absolutely stunning and you have this glowing skin and this just healthy vibe about you. And I would love to go back before you got into veganism. I want to hear about what was going on, you know, for you growing up. Talk to us about that. And and also so glad to have you on the program.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. And that's really nice. Thank you so much. Um, I grew up, like I said, in a really unhealthy household. Unhealthy food is cheap and we didn't have a lot of money. So we ate a lot of like ramen noodles and mac and cheese and packs of hot dogs and, um, Many of the people in my family, including myself, were overweight and I just always thought this was like part of our genetic makeup because it extended beyond my immediate family. This is how we are. I didn't think too much of it. Um and then I was I went vegetarian very very young at like 8 years old, but I still had a lot of dairy and eggs. And I was writing a research paper in high school that I decided to go vegan for ethical reasons only. And I had a, I happened to have a checkup with a doctor in a few months, and when I went in, they were like, "Oh, you're down 30 pounds," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and it was the first time in my life that it like a light bulb went off, and I was like, "Oh, maybe, maybe I have more control over this than I thought. Maybe you know, this isn't just my destiny. Maybe I can do something about it." And then I started to actually learn about nutrition and decide to try, like, deliberately decide to try to improve my health. But it was a total 180 from like the way that I was raised.
0: Wow, that's amazing. How did the people in your family react? Well, like I
1: said, I went vegetarian when I was eight, and they didn't love that. Um, eight-year-olds don't usually have a lot of say in what's on their plate, so I would just like not, you know, if I, we had pork chops and whatever, I would just not eat the pork chops. I would just eat the potatoes or something. Um, but So they were kind of used to me being defiant in that way, um, but when I went vegan, they were really freaked out. They thought I was going to die. <laughs> and... Uh, they were genuinely worried because this isn't something that we know about. This was also 20 years ago. There wasn't a lot of internet to uh, search about these things, but over the years, I mean my health improved so dramatically that the proof was kind of in the pudding and they realized like maybe she, maybe she did something good and all but one person in my immediate family is totally vegan now. So, and everybody's health got better. So even the one who's not vegan is mostly plant-based and his health improved too. So everybody eventually took those steps, which is amazing to me.
0: (laughs) That is incredible. Now tell us about how you got into bodybuilding. Sure. So
1: like I said, I kind of lost 30 pounds almost by accident. And then I started learning about nutrition. I, you know, I didn't grow up eating a lot of vegetables or fruits or anything healthy, really. So as I started learning about this, I kind of set up a diet to help me keep losing weight. And I did. I lost a lot. I lost the majority of that 90 pounds through diet alone. And then when I reached the goal weight that I had in my mind, I was not like thrilled (laughs) with how that looked. It didn't look the way I imagined it was going to look. So I was like, oh, I guess I have to exercise too. (laughs) So I started going to the gym, but I was just doing cardio because... That was not intimidating to me to get on an elliptical or something, but I could see the weight room and there were so many strong fit women in there. And I wanted to do that. So I hired a personal trainer to help me learn how to lift and she was fantastic. But uh, a couple months in, she basically said to me, like, if you're not willing to have whey protein or eat egg whites or something, kid, this might be where the buck stops for you. Uh, This might be as far as you go. And that just, it filled me with so much spite that I was like, I have to figure out how to do this now just to prove that it can be done. And I went home and I looked around on the internet and I found Robert Cheek's website, veganbodybuilding.com. He brought us
0: together. Yeah.
1: And he's, this was, like I said, it was 2007, I believe when I found it. And, uh, it was a huge community of other vegans trying to do the same thing that I was trying to do. And, uh, That's where I met my husband. That's where I met Robert. We're all like best friends to this day. And the rest is kind of history. We just all learned together. And now now it's very easy to find this sort of information around. Back then, it was challenging.
0: You know, Danny, I wanted to get this background before we jump into the topic, reaching big fitness goals, which is so incredibly important. And I also would love to just address the whole, well, where do you get your protein from? So let's start there and then we'll jump into the fitness goals because that must drive you nuts. You must get that question a lot. (laughs)
1: I, it used to drive me nuts because it was so constant and now I realize like every time someone asks that it's just an opportunity to help some they just want to know so I can't be mad about that you know, unless someone's asking it in a snarky way, then, then I have some key responses but um, truly because what I do is different than what most people are doing because I'm trying to compete in bodybuilding protein becomes more important for me than it would be for somebody else who's just trying to like live their life and be healthy. So because of that, I do have a a pretty decent emphasis on the protein that I get, but I still don't find it that challenging to do it even as a vegan. I think bodybuilding's hard, whether you're vegan or not. So it's just about finding different sources. So I do a lot of tofu, tempeh, seitan, lentils, nutritional yeast. Um, I I actually don't use protein powders very much anymore. I did when I was younger, because they're convenient, but I just learned I prefer to chew my food. But there's so many of them now, that if that's something people are into, that's super easily available. Uh, lots of protein in greens. People don't realize how much protein is actually in your green veggies. So yeah, I would say that it's, it's actually really not that challenging to get a, plenty of protein to live and even enough to like reach big goals with the, getting protein from plant sources.
0: Oh, that's great! My daughter loves. I think the company Sweet Earth. They make a chipotle seitan, mm-hmm. it's like strips. So and good. so for for lunch, <laughs> I'll put that in, and I'll saute up some frozen veggies, all different kinds, organic, and then put in some brown rice or quinoa, and she's happy as a clam. Yeah, that's a really well rounded meal. Yeah, right? right there, and I mean
1: seitan, like the Sweet Earth seitan. It's like twenty five grams of protein per serving. That's Wow. a ton. Like people think, you know, vegans are getting like nothing, but it, as long as you just have a little bit get over the little tiny learning curve to learn that these foods exist, it's actually pretty easy.
0: Yeah, well, let's jump into reaching big fitness goals. Number one is determine why it's important to you. I'm I'm so glad you said that. People who know me know that I'm I'm all about finding your why. So, talk to us about this.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly it and that's what I say to my clients, you got to find your why because and it's got to be pretty meaningful to you. It can't be something like, well, I just want to look good in a swimsuit on the beach in July. Like, yes, that might be something you want, but that can't be the reason that you want to do it. Like thinking things like this will boost my confidence overall and that will carry through my whole life. Or I want to be able to play with my kids or my grandkids. Um, right up until old age. I don't want to get injured. Those are bigger reasons. And I literally have people write it down on like an index card or something and keep it in their wallet to remind themselves in those hard moments. Cause it is, it's not always easy. Sometimes you need a little reminder, like this is why this matters to me. Um, and if you don't have that, you're just a lot more likely to fall off or, you know, reach the goal and then immediately backslide because you don't have a good reason to maintain it. So I think that's a really important first step.
0: Yeah, I think so too. The second step, and this is so important as well, make a plan that you can actually stick to.
1: Yes, this is, this is the hill I will die on. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are so many fitness plans and nutrition plans and so much debate over which one's the best and which one's the most effective and, ideal etc but what is the most ideal thing on a piece of paper literally doesn't matter if you can't do it if it doesn't work in your life who cares so uh you know it's good to know the principles of what works and what doesn't work but at the end of the day you have to not i mean you can't be looking to serena williams and what she's doing and think you're going to apply that to your life when you know you have three kids in a full-time job you have to find systems that work within your life and be really flexible about that. I always say, be really rigid about your goals, but flexible about your methods, because your life is going to happen and you're going to need to make shifts and be okay with that and not beat yourself up about it.
0: Yeah, I love that. And that's actually number four, the be rigid in your goals and oh. flexible in your methods. <laughs> no, but what was interesting is when I saw that at first, you know, whenever I see the word rigid, I immediately I think, ah, I don't, that's not, a, you know, that's not the way I want to be. Or the way I'd want to say for people to be. But then when I read it, and flexible. So, rigid yes. in that, this is a goal. I'm not going to lose sight of it. But I'm going to be flexible in the way I approach it because of what's the other factors in my life.
1: Exactly. Because so many people fall into this really black or white thinking. Like, if I can't follow the plan 100%, if I have a day or a week like that. They just they throw the whole thing out. They throw the baby out with the bathwater, and they just stop doing it for you know months until they feel so bad. They're like, "Oh man, I need to pick that up again because here I am." Whereas if they had kind of just evaluated, like, "Well, maybe that wasn't my best week, but this week's going to be better." And here's what I learned from this last week. Here's what I can uh, work on improving going forward. You're going to make way way more progress that way than trying to be super rigid about. The way that you need to do everything.
0: Yeah. Now, number three, don't focus on the small details. Expand on that for us. Yes.
1: So uh, this kind of is similar to like the ideal plan on paper. Like it doesn't matter if you can't actually do it. I will get emails from people all the time asking, Uh, should I take this supplement or, you know, my macros, my, you know, their nutrition at this point, they're like, well, right now I'm getting 80 grams of protein. And what do you think if I boost that to 90 grams of protein? Like what? So they're focusing on these really minute details. And then when I ask them things like, well, how much sleep are you getting a night? Or how much movement do you get throughout your day? And the answers are not great. Then I'm saying like, well, maybe before we start focusing on whether or not you should supplement with a teaspoon of creatine a day, maybe we should be focusing on your sleep and making sure that you're, you know, getting the rest that you need throughout the evening. So putting all of this effort into these tiny, tiny details that yield you like 0.1% of your results and completely ignoring the big stuff, you know, are you getting three square meals a day? Are you eating plenty of veggies, veggies, drinking lots of water? That's where you want to put most of your effort because that's where, you know, 80 to 90% of your results are going to come from. But we get really hung up on little details because that's where, like, you know, that's where the magazine articles are titled. And that's that's what people are clicking on because, you know, drink water, eat veggies, and get a lot of steps in. It's not very clickable, you know? That's
0: true. <laughs> sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Love my sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one is celebrate your wins. Yes, they you know especially if you have
1: a big goal, right? Because this is about reaching big goals. There are people who they their goal is to lose one hundred and fifty pounds. If they wait to be proud of themselves until they lose one hundred and fifty pounds, they are going to be really miserable for a long time. I mean, that can be like a two two years of like really hard work uh, for a lot of people. So you have to celebrate. Every little win that you see, oh, these pants fit me a little bit better. Like, I'm going to be excited about that. Wow, I didn't have to force myself to eat vegetables today. I actually wanted to eat vegetables today. You're going to celebrate that. Uh, Somebody pays you a compliment or something. Somebody notices how hard you've been working. Celebrate all of that because it's that that keeps the momentum going. Celebrating those little wins, recognizing the things that you are doing well is going to motivate you to see through these enormously big goals.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I remember it was maybe early 2000s. There was a couple different, I think it was that that TV show that Chew was on and then there was another show that came on. I can't remember the name of it, but it was sort of like a lifestyle kind of show and fashion and health and this and that. I remember they brought this woman on and she was overweight and she had a goal, let's say, to lose 50 pounds. And they're like, and once you do, you'll get this new wardrobe. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. what, you want to look like a slump the whole time? Why can't she have cute workout clothes no matter her size? Like, yes. why does it have to be you get rewarded and now you can look great? Like, I-, I hated that. I was like, why don't you say instead, here's a variety of workout clothes and sizes. Yes. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Like
1: waiting until you get to your goal to, to, to allow yourself to be happy, like that is not motivating at all. And, you know, you have to, especially if you want to keep this goal, right? You have to be enjoying the process on the way to it. Otherwise, what's the motivation to keep doing it after you like hit that number or that size or whatever it is that you're going for? Um, Yeah, make it fun. Like,
0: make it fun. (laughs) Right. And and this could just be me, but I also wish that it was more about becoming a size that's healthy versus being super thin. Cause not everybody's meant to be super thin, right? Like I'm a size mm-hmm. 10 to 12 and I eat really clean and I do all the things and I get the good sleep and I exercise and stuff, but that's just how my body is. I could, I could like eat a lot less and get a lot thinner, I guess. Mm-hmm. But what's, what's the point? What's the trade-off,
1: right? Yes. Like what's the cost? And I do have a lot of people that I work with who they do have goals. Like they want to have a six pack and, you know, we can do it. And then sometimes we get there and they're like, Hey, you know what? <laughs> this I'm, I'm glad that I saw this. But, and now I'm glad that I know how much work it takes to maintain this because it's not worth it. And that is actually a big part. And I don't remember if I put this on this particular list. You got to make the goals realistic. And sometimes people don't know what, what goal is going to be realistic for them and what's realistic for them is going to be different than what's realistic for someone else. So like comparing yourself to some like, full-time athlete or model online. That's a horrible plan. (laughs) That's a really bad plan. Um, So having someone to help you tailor goals to like what's going to work on your body. Um, I have colleagues who are bodybuilders who they can stay like shredded all year. I am not that person. I cannot do it. My body becomes unhealthy if I'm too lean for too long. And I just know that about myself. So it's one of the things that I like to talk about. Like most, most people are not going to be able to stay super lean for very long. So you shouldn't try because it's not really good for your health.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I mean, I think if we're looking at people who are into bodybuilding, that's one thing. And if they're bodybuilding, mm-hmm. they're trying to be bodybuilding figure champions and they're in competitions, mm-hmm. then yeah, you're going to, you know, you're going to do that thing where you can get shredded. But I, I imagine, I mean, I've never done it. So I imagine it's a tremendous amount of work, not just in the gym, but in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a it's a tremendous amount of work because you can't just. It's like I talk about people who play like soccer. Uh, you know, the practice is really really hard, but when the practice is over, it's it's over. Bodybuilding is like twenty four seven because everything you put in your mouth, you have to be aware of, and you know, it's a it can be a breeding ground for disordered eating I was about and to things ask. like that. A lot of orthorexia, so, I bet. Yeah, so you know, part of what I do is really help people do everything because people are going to compete in bodybuilding whether it's good for them or not, they're going to do it. So I want to help them do it as healthy as possible, as balanced as possible. And, you know, preemptively looking for the, the landmines because they're there and we want to avoid them. So, yeah, but I do think I wish more bodybuilders would talk about that.
0: <laughs> so interesting. What does it take? I'm just curious, like to, to stay shredded like that. I mean, is it is it the number of calories, I assume, in, in addition to like what you're allowed to eat in certain times a day or how does that work?
1: It's largely the number of calories and the amount of activity that you're doing. Um, and I can't say exactly what it takes to stay shredded because I'm, I don't do it. <laughs> you know, I get there for the competitive season and maybe I'll stay there for like, uh, two to three months. Cause I'll compete in two to three months. Then you take the rest of the year off. Um, and that's what most bodybuilders do. But then they post the pictures from that two to three months for, the entire year until <laughs> next year. Uh, so it's a little bit, uh, misleading, but yeah, it takes a lot of work and for a lot of women to be that lean, uh, you know, they're, they're going to lose their cycle. Their skin might start to get bad. Their hair might start to fall out. So, um, for me, it's not worth it to be there any longer than I need to, to do well in my sport and then get the heck out of there
0: personally. Well, like I said, you have gorgeous skin and your hair is beautiful (laughs) too. Let's talk about being the co-manager of Vegan Strong Team and also the co-founder of Team Plant Built, which I mentioned earlier. is the largest team of vegan strength athletes in the world. That's exciting. How did this come about? Yeah, this came about actually in 2013. Um, My husband and I, we were traveling, going to
1: different veg fests and things like that. So we were doing this tour all over the country and it was like every city we went to, we would meet an incredible vegan athlete we had never even heard of before. And we were like, this is nuts. Like the community isn't that big. We should know who these people are, but they're like, they're everywhere. Um, and we know that when we go compete at competitions, people say, uh, well, she won in spite of being vegan. It's not because I'm vegan. It's in spite of it. Right. Um, so we were like, what if we got everybody together and like descended on a huge fitness competition? So that's what we did. And we had a bodybuilding team, powerlifting, CrossFit, kettlebell, Olympic lifting, our team got to be 75 people strong. And we came to this enormous expo of fitness competitions in Austin, Texas, uh, several years in a row. And even though we made up a small number of the competition, we took home a lot of the trophies. So eventually, even though people, you know, kind of like s- sneered us a little bit in the morning, by the end of the day, people were like, what is with these vegans? Like, what are they doing? That they're dominating these competitions so it really got people interested in one what does it mean to be a plant-based athlete and more importantly just show that it can be done because i feel like that's still a big myth in the strength-based world um and to continue from that that was team plant belt which we're coming we're coming back in 2022 which i'm very mm-hmm. excited about uh so vegan strong kind of similarly is a team of vegan athletes we don't compete together but we go out pre-COVID, we went out to expos, uh, big mainstream expos, expos, the Arnold, the Olympia, the biggest shows in the world, and just talked to people there about being plant-based and transitioning to plant-based and teaching them about that and how they could do that. And I thought we might be laughed out of the arena. I mean, this this is like people that look just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) And I thought they would be like, get out of here. We eat eggs and meat and that's it. But they were, people were really, really receptive and were saying things like, I know I should be more plant-based, but I don't know how. So that's what we were there to do is help them, you know, instead of getting this milk, you get this non-dairy milk and just teach them the steps in a really like kind and accepting way.
0: Oh, that's great. And I think that that's so good when that comes across in general is is talking to people about what they can do, especially if they don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for people listening who aren't bodybuilders, just regular everyday people who are interested in in healthier living, what would you recommend just to get started if you're interested in a vegan lifestyle?
1: I would actually recommend checking out veganstrong.com because on that website, since COVID, we haven't been able to travel. So we have sunk all of our efforts into... Writing recipes, writing articles, putting free workouts out on the internet, um, so that people can find those. And you know, there, no matter where you're starting at, there's something there for you. So there's tons of free resources on veganstrong.com.
0: Now you mentioned that uh, the team Vegan Strong is coming back in 2022, or was that Team Plant Built? It's
1: Team Plant Built, but we're kind of working together. It's going to be a collaborative effort uh, in October. Uh, we are hoping to compete in, uh, New Jersey, the Mr. America, which is like the original bodybuilding show in the United
0: States. They
1: took 50 years off and they just started up again a couple years ago. And I was able to go as a spectator this year and it was mind blowing. So a natural bodybuilding competition, which means there's no performance enhancing drugs, which is what we like. Um, and we're excited. They have, uh, strongman competitions and powerlifting competitions so we're really excited to kind of bring this back to life in 2022 uh towards the end of the year and in a new location we've always done it in Austin Texas so doing it in Atlantic City New Jersey will be a totally new experience for us
0: oh that's great I want to get back to the shredding just for a second now is that where you have to like weigh everything you eat too
1: yes yeah absolutely it's a it's a lot, and that's that's one of the things that I've always said I talk more people out of competing in bodybuilding than I've ever talked into competing into bodybuilding um because a lot of people they put it on their bucket list like a five k, like, oh, I want to compete in a bikini competition just to say I did it' and I'm like, honey, you this is not like that. this you know if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, you can come out really like physically, not great, but also like the mental stuff if you're not ready for it it can be really hard to undo so I always encourage people do not dive into this if you don't know what you're getting into like bodybuilding non-competitively going to the gym lifting weights all of that is fantastic but when it comes to the competition side of it it can really mess you up if you don't know if you don't if you aren't doing everything almost perfectly and like have a really good support system
0: And it seems like there also needs to be a balance. Like if you're going to be lifting lots of weight, you you need the energy, you need the fuel, right? So you're restricting, but you don't want to restrict too much because you need, so there's like this difficult dance. So it sounds like you need to be working with somebody if you're in those competitions, right?
1: I absolutely think so. I, my heart actually breaks for people who try to do this alone their first go, because again, the, the mental injuries are so much worse. The physical stuff can get undone very quickly. The mental injuries of like suddenly thinking food is good or bad or you have to track everything you eat and that's like a normal way to live, which it's not. (laughs) Um, That is a lot harder to undo or thinking like looking like this is normal and that's my new standard that I always need to look like it's not. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I do really, really, really recommend working with a coach uh, if that's a goal of yours.
0: Well, I think you're amazing. Was there anything that you wanted to add? I mean, we're going to give out all the ways we can find you, but is there anything else? Because I really love talking with you.
1: Well, if, if if you or any of your listeners like this kind of like real talk about the fitness industry, my husband, Jack and I, we also have a podcast called Muscles by Brussels Radio. Oh, cool. um, and that's available everywhere. So if that's, we do a lot of like peeling back the curtain of what goes into some of these sports
0: that's exciting and then there's a lot of other places tell us all the places to find all you. the places
1: so my full-time job is a coach i coach vegans who want to change their health in some way so all of that information is at veganproteins.com that's my company um so that's the number one place to get in touch with me but also veganstrong.com and it's vegan proteins and vegan strong on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all the places. So if you just type in vegan proteins, we pop up.
0: (laughs) All right, Danny, you're wonderful. This was so enjoyable. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was really, really fun.